to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. We're here to bring you helpful information from leading experts and give you effective tools and support. I'm Jason Grigla, a licensed counselor and founder of Techie for Life, a specialized mentoring program for neurodiverse young adults. And I'm Debbie Grigla, a certified life coach. And maybe most importantly, we're also parents to our own atypical young adults. Hello, friends. We're glad you're here. I'm Debbie Grigla. And I'm her husband, Jason Grigla. If you found this podcast, then chances are your life has been changed by you or someone in your life having a brain that is different. And some have called it atypical, and now more commonly it's called neurodiverse. And we just want you to know that we love you and we really want to connect with you and help you and support you. In this podcast, we're going to be coming to you weekly covering all things neurodiverse. And we're doing this because we want to bridge the gap between those who are neurodiverse and those who love, support, teach, mentor, and work with neurodiverse young people. And our ultimate goal is to help increase the quality of life and outcomes for the neurodiverse community and everyone involved in this community. So by neurodiverse, we mean anyone whose brain is physiologically built differently. And oftentimes that's before they were born. Sometimes it happens after birth when someone has trauma, physical trauma, like in a car accident. Um, But neurodiverse just means that there is something in how your brain physiologically works that is built differently. The neural pathways are formed in strong patterns in different ways than the typical brain is built. So for example, ADHD, autism, previously known as Asperger's, nonverbal learning disorder, developmental disorder, not otherwise specified, are some of the most common ones. We also work a lot with non-diagnosed young adults and their families, and they would be all considered quirky compared to the the typical population that we meet with every day. Some of the similar challenges that they all have are learning changes, challenges, disability, developmental delay, hyper-creativity, extremes in one way or the other that look and feel different than the typical person. So we use neurodiverse to describe neuroatypical brains compared to typical brains. And when your brain is a little different, you're going to need a little bit different support. And you're going to, there's going to be different timelines and different interventions that are necessary to support you. It's interesting that there's now, they estimate 50,000 high school seniors graduating every year that have been diagnosed with autism, just autism alone, 50,000. And this is a population that the needs are starting. There's more awareness starting to happen, but there's a lot more we could be doing to support all that are falling under the neurodiverse umbrella. So the word neurodiversity is still really new, and there's been a lot of change and growth in the neurodiverse culture about titles and labels. And I I guess we just want you to understand we're not going to get caught up too much in what happens to be politically correct at the moment, because I know a lot of neurodiverse young adults or people or children who say either they're they're autistic or an autist or I'm a person with autism or I'm neurodiverse and others say don't put me in a box I hate labels and diagnoses and I think that's all just fine so if you'll 
be a little patient with whatever we use to describe someone who is atypical, um, then I think we'll get more out of this relationship. So we're not going to spend a lot of time worrying about labels. And yet there is enough of an organized description for those who fit the neurodiverse community that we can say, yes, that person's typical and that person is not in the normal bell curve as far as uh, data and science goes. So Debbie and I will be bringing you interviews with leading experts who work with this population, those who are neurodiverse, and anyone who we think has experience, viewpoints, information, wisdom, perspective worth sharing. They could include psychologists, therapists, educators, authors, educational consultants, teachers, parents, uh, neurodiverse adults, neurodiverse teens, and I will be presenting at least one episode a month on more clinical issues concerning neurodiversity. I'm a licensed therapist, and so I'm going to be sharing things from a mental health counselor point of view. And I will be bringing you episodes covering topics using the tools and insights and the life coaching model that I have found to be so helpful in my own personal life and that I use with my clients and coaching our students that's making such a difference in their lives. And I'm excited to help you have the confidence to handle any problem that comes your way. And I want you to get the results that you're looking for in your life. So I want to share a little bit about us. We've been married 26 years and we have five children ages eight to 29. And we adopted our two oldest boys from foster care when they were seven and eight. Our oldest was diagnosed with ADHD and attachment disorder. And our second oldest was diagnosed with high-functioning autism spectrum disorder. It was actually called Asperger's at the time. And he also has some other co-diagnoses. And we didn't get him diagnosed until he was 13. They're both older now and doing well. Um, our third is an easygoing and happy-go-lucky son that's 18. He just graduated high school, and we adopted him from foster care when he was three. And then we also have two biological girls, ages 12 and 8, that we were able to have after doing infertility treatments. So our second son is the inspiration for this podcast and also the inspiration for the program that I started about four years ago called Techie for Life. And this podcast isn't going to be about Techie for Life, but it happens to be a resource that we use because we have so much interaction and experience with a young adult transition program to help support young adults into independence and self-reliance. And Lee, our son, was our first student. So we come to you as parents, but also as a life coach and a, and a mental health counselor. Just as informational background, I'd like to share what we kind of do at our school, what we do, not kind of do, we actually do really well. We help young adults who are neurodiverse get out of their parents' basement, finish high school or start high school or restart college, or they're graduated from college and they don't know what to do with their lives. And most of our students have really great talents and strengths but the weaknesses that come with their diagnoses is what trips them up in life and they get behind or overwhelmed. And it's, it's hard enough to be neurodiverse and different because you're, you're put into a world that expects you to be different than you are. And so there's that issue. But then on top of that, the anxiety, depression, and other mental health types, issue, types of issues come um, with not fitting in 
with the typical world. And so a lot of our students struggle with identity and secondary issues to their neurodiversity. And we help them find a place and find a path forward and get them launched into whatever their life is going to look like for them. And I work with Jason at the school. I'm the admissions and marketing director. Um, and I also teach a life skills class and do life coaching with our students. I'd have to say we've been on a challenging road over the years. And we've made a lot of mistakes and had some failures. And thankfully, we've also had many wins too. And so that's what we want to be able to share with you and, and support you. Because we've been through it. We are in it, going through it. And we want to give you the support that we wish we had along the way and that we are using now. So we have a whole bunch of perspectives and experience that have taught us principles that guide what we do to help mentor and support parents or teachers or those who are neurodiverse. Um, And then we have a bunch of practical suggestions that come from those principles or those guiding principles. And one of the first things that we have a conversation about um, with those who are newly diagnosed or who don't quite understand what the diagnosis means if they've received one is that the human brain has just as many neural pathways for typicals as atypicals. And most often the atypical brain is organized really differently. And so when you get a whole bunch of neural pathways organized instead of in multi-directions for social, emotional, or intellectual things, a lot of times those who are autistic, for example, will have neural pathways that are organized in a largely intellectual direction. So they have great strengths in, in understanding patterns and numbers, and often they become techies or think technically. But the more neural pathways are lacking, uh, the more they have them in the intellectual directions, oftentimes the more they're lacking in the social and emotional directions. That doesn't mean they don't have just as many feelings because they actually do Um, It doesn't mean they don't have as much personality. They do. It's more about the brain being able to understand and recognize and control how we deal with things socially, emotionally, and intellectually. And how they filter information and um, focus and read their environment. So oftentimes our students come with what we call dual diagnoses, where they definitely have um, a neurodiverse brain, but they've also had trauma and loss in their life, or they've had a lot of anxiety and depression, or they've been bullied. And so not only do we help them, or do they need help figuring out how to manage their neurodiverse brain, but it's almost impossible to protect them from how hard it is to go through life as a square peg in a round world. And so our students come with primary and secondary issues and even tertiary or third layer issues that we work on to get them back to finding out who they are and loving themselves and finding a path. And that takes a lot of time and energy and understanding and perspective and patience. And they definitely need partners just like everybody does. We all need support and how we support them changes based on what they need. So neurodiverse brains are a blessing and a curse. There's many wonderful things that come from having a different brain artistically, creatively, thinking out of the box. If you have everybody in a boardroom that are sitting on the board of a company and they all think the same way, 
it's kind of a useless board. You want a lot more diversity of thinking and perspective and thought in that room to mix things up. And um, maybe a cliche example would be computer programmers who really see code and the ability to write code in a different way so that it's more effective and more complete. And that can happen when you have a brain that thinks out of the box because they're out of the box. And it's hard to get to that place where someone can be productive and effective if they're still trying to find out who they are and where they fit in. So young adults especially have often been lost through high school, junior high maybe, and into adulthood where developmentally they're just behind a little bit or maybe even a lot. I think most of our students hit their stride in their mid to late 20s as opposed to early 20s, like most typical young adults. So it's important for neurodiverse and also those who help love and support them to know that their timeline is different and it's really helpful to have good information about what to expect, what to not expect, what's coming and what's not, where the pitfalls are. And those are very different for those who are neurodiverse. And this is a process too that is important um, as parents and mentors and caregivers and the people that are supporting our neurodiverse young people to realize that they have a different timeline and that we need to adjust our expectations and our assumptions need to be thrown out the window. That what works for the normal population, what's going to work with this population is probably something you've never read in a book or even thought would work. It's a different way of seeing them. And, and when we accept this, we make things so much easier and so much more fun working with this population and the experience that we have with them. An interesting example would be how many of those who are neurodiverse will have great strengths in some areas and excel really quickly in school or building things or doing things. And often as parents or educators, we can get really excited about their strength and even assume or expect them to be great and do great things even at a young age and what often happens is their strengths get them recognized and change our expectations and then their weaknesses um, which are pretty much proportional to their strengths end up coming in and kind of kicking their butts one of the most important things we've learned is that everyone has the same basic needs that includes, first and foremost, safety, security, consistency, self, a sense of control in their lives. And that doesn't change no matter who you are or what differences you might have. And so having your social needs and your emotional needs met is first and foremost. It doesn't matter if they are outgoing or introverted, if they're really good at talking or they prefer to watch. It doesn't matter if they're really intelligent or they have severe learning differences or issues. What matters is they feel like they belong and that they're enough. And everyone that I know, regardless of their diagnoses, has that same basic need for acceptance. So we want to maximize success for everyone. And some diagnoses will make it harder than others to be independent adults where they can be completely self-reliant. And to be honest, I'm not completely self-reliant. I, I guess I could be if I had to be, but I really rely on my wife and my partners and my friends and my family for the quality of life that I have. 
And so it's just a matter of maximizing success, not a matter of who's failing and who's succeeding in life. So when you talk about maximizing success, I just started thinking back to when I was a younger mom and just so frustrated and trying so hard and so worried about our boys and what was going to happen and was I doing a good job? Just not sure what was going on or why they were acting the way they were, what was happening. And now we have so much more understanding around it. And when issues or problems or things come up, we can see what's going on. We have awareness, we have perspective. And that's what we just have a great desire to offer to you. We are endeavoring to bring you all the different perspectives and tools and things necessary to help you be able to be a great support, be supported, and make a difference in the neurodiverse community. So regardless of who you are, if there's someone in your life that you care about, hopefully we can offer the information necessary to avoid pitfalls that might come, heal from damage that's already been done, help someone find their identity, and ultimately we want them and all of us to have a great quality of life and to create a life worth living regardless of our differences. So that's what we have for you on this episode. Thank you for listening. Take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com. 